0: This morning, we're going to continue our series in the book of Acts, and we're in chapter two today. The title of the message series is Unstoppable, the story of God working, moving through his church, through his spirit, taking the good news of the message of Christ to the world here in the book of Acts. Um, And that's why you and I are here this morning, because of what took place here, I've been in, introduced to something um, lately in the last few years of my life. Um, maybe you've heard of it. It's called the um, multiverse. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, um, it's just another way of me to feel dumb. Because I try to, I go to some of these movies. It's an Avenger thing, right? As far as I know. Um, I go to these movies with my kids, you know, trying to be a good dad and everything, and they're switching between these verses, (laughs) universes, I guess. And most of the time, I go with Max a lot because he he really loves it, and most of the time I'm like leaned over to Max going, what's going on? (laughs) What just happened? Oh, they're in the other verse now, they, you know, doctor whatever his name is, he goes, okay, whatever. and I'm always confused by that. Um, I mean, whatever happened to just uh, just a regular movie, right? Just a simple plot. My family makes fun of me because I like rom-coms. That's so what they're called. <laughs> this is the great time of the year for for rom-coms. Um, but I feel like I'm always lost, and I always need an explanation. In this passage of scripture this morning, the second half of chapter two, um, Peter stands up. And he's explaining, he seeks to lay out what just happened. The beginning of chapter 2 is Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit came and the, as uh, a wind, a mighty sound, and of tongues of fire and all that. And it was a little confusing for some of them. And so some were leaning over to others saying, what just happened? What is going on here? And so Peter stands up and he is explaining to them. And so we're going to pick up a good bit of reading this morning. Uh, But Acts chapter 2, we're beginning in verse 14, and you can follow along in uh, your Bible or device, or it'll be on the screen here as well, reading from the English Standard Version, in case you were wondering. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 14, says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us this day. But therefore a prophet, being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on the throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ that he was not abandoned to Hades nor did his flesh seek corruption. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and Peter, oh, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to him, Repent to them. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Let's pray. Lord God, speak through your word. Thank you for this account. Thank you for the pouring out of your spirit. Lord God, teach us this morning. Holy Spirit, speak in a way that I could never speak. Change our hearts. Change our minds. Draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of today's message is, What's Happening? And this is not going to be uh, an end times message or a geopolitical Middle East explanation or history lesson. That's not what I mean by what is happening. That's a small view of what is happening. I met with a good uh, Jewish friend of mine, a rabbi, this past week. And we were discussing the things that are happening uh, in Israel and Gaza this week. And he said, there's a small view and then there's little steps as you take back to what is happening. And this morning, we're going to take the large view, what it speaks to all human history, not just this moment in time, but it definitely speaks to this moment in time, but all of history, present and the future to you personally, to all nations and all of mankind. And so as we look at this passage, we saw in the beginning of this, the the birth of the Christian church. Right. As the Holy Spirit fell, Jesus said, stay here. You'll receive power and you will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And so they waited. The Holy Spirit came. The wind, the sound of the wind, the tongues of fire. They began speaking in different tongues and people from Jerusalem came in and said, hey, they're speaking my language. It wasn't something that was not understandable. It was actually a language of some people there. They were gathered in this, whole, in this upper room, and some said, wow, that's amazing, and others said, these people are drunk. <clears throat> and so Peter stands up and explains what has just happened, what it meant for those people and what it means for us this morning, how it has changed the world forever. And he explains a few things. First, he explains what just happened. It says, and all were amazed, in verse 12 and 13, it says, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? And others mockingly said, they're filled with new wine. That was a little bit before this. And so Peter's responding. He says, no, it's not as you suppose that they're filled with wine. I'm going to give you the big picture. What has happened is God has supernaturally moved towards you and towards me to come to us, to rescue us to heal us, to bring salvation. That's what happened. And Peter gives a quick survey and and goes through the Old Testament and he talks about a few passages of Scripture in Joel chapter 2 he quotes and Psalm 16 he quotes and he also quotes a passage from Psalm 110. I could get into all that, but basically what he's saying is all that prophecy is pointing towards a Savior, is pointing to Jesus. The message of salvation The message of restoration to all mankind. This is the message of the church. It's a supernatural message. This is a message for all the world. It's not a message of politics or social justice or sexuality or gender. It's none of those things. It's the message of Jesus Christ and that he's come to bring redemption and salvation to all mankind. To bring healing. And that makes a difference in all those other things. That makes Jesus makes a difference in everything. But the message of the church, the Christian message, is what Peter shares here. It is the hope of the world. It is the hope for peace. It's the hope for healing this morning. And so Peter tells us, tells this group what has happened, how God Almighty demonstrated His love for you and for me and for every human being and did something, moved towards us by sending Jesus. First of all, he says that Jesus came and he died. He was crucified, right? In verse 23, this Jesus, he tells them, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. This is God's plan to deliver the Lamb of God you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. I shared this a few weeks ago. It's interesting. Jesus at the Last Supper, He looked at His disciples and He said, For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. There is a plan. The Son of Man has come to die for the sins of all mankind. He says, But woe to that man by whom He is betrayed. There is the sovereignty of God and there's the responsibility of mankind. Yom Kippur Our Jewish friends and neighbors celebrate the Day of Atonement, knowing somehow sin separates us from God. There is a judgment. There are consequences for sin. And we all understand, whether you have faith or no faith at all, that justice, the idea of justice and the conversation of justice is a good thing. You can get away with talking about that. Well, the price of justice is death when it comes to your sin and my sin and Jesus paid for that justice. Romans 6:23, very familiar, right? For for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So you and I choose this morning. Will we pay the price? Will we pay the debt of death or will we allow Christ? Will we put our faith in him but the debt will be paid. Right? So Jesus died, and he goes on. He talks about Jesus rising from the grave. Verse 24, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. What what does that mean? That word held, not possible for him to be held. The original word means grip. Jesus broke the grip, the power of death, and so he rose from the grave. It was not possible, he says, for Jesus to be held. He could not be dominated, ruled, defeated by death. He conquered death on the cross, the penalty for sin, which is death. He took care of that in his death on the cross. He conquered it. like the way Tim Keller put it. He said it's like this. If you commit a crime and the penalty for that crime is prison, say three years, that prison, ha- that penalty has a hold on you. You may run from it. You might try to get away from it, but you're, you're hiding from it. You, it's going to get you. You live in a prison or you will be in prison. But when you surrender to it and you do your time in prison, you, f- you serve, say, three years, whatever the price is for that. The day of your release, you are free. Prison no longer has a right to you. It no longer has a grip on you. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He broke the power of death in your life and in my life and for himself. And he rose from the grave demonstrating what he did so that you and I could no longer be bound by fear of death, judgment, that we can live life to the fullest because Jesus conquered sin and the penalty of that sin, which is death. First Corinthians, Paul wrote, Oh, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? Paul is preaching good news here to this group. So Jesus died. He, he says that Jesus rose from the grave, and then he proclaims that Jesus gave his spirit, and that's what they just saw. He said in verse 33, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. He's saying that's what just happened. The Holy Spirit, the presence of God with man, that's what you saw just happen. Jesus said, if I go away, I send the Spirit to dwell with you, to walk with you, to guide you, to encourage you. To bring conviction. This is the message of Christianity. For by grace you have been saved through faith. God moving towards us in salvation with all of this in Jesus Christ is his grace. It is the initiation. He is initiating this relationship with us. It's by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. I know my own personal testimony, God working in my life, his Holy Spirit working in my life, moving in me, bringing conviction, bringing people into my my life, hearing the, the word preached, running, running, and God pursuing me. He is pursuing you this morning, wherever you're at, whether it's for salvation or whether it's for kingship, lordship over your heart. Christian, non-Christian. He is pursuing all of us this morning. And the Holy Spirit brings the power. He says the Holy Spirit will come and you will be my witnesses. So we have power. But he says it also bring. he also brings conviction. He's present with us and he brings conviction in our lives. Like the way Matt Chandler put it, he said, conviction is not condemnation. It is an invitation. When we have conviction of sin, it's an invitation to live life to the fullest, not be bound by those prisons. So Peter goes through all this and explains what just happened is, is kind of a big deal. And then he says, he talks about what happens now, right? In verse 37, it says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What happens now? We've heard the message. Now what? What's the appropriate response? How do we react? Well, Peter says, well, join the church. Start going every week. Tithe. No. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Repent. That word, the original language means to think differently, to change one's mind means to agree with God that I'm broken, that I'm sinful, and turn away from that sin. Jesus, it says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, what? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is, has come near. Turn away from the way that you are living, from the way that you are being Lord over your own life. This seems to be a place where a lot of people push back. We know we're broken. We know we're hurting. We know even that we do the wrong thing sometimes, even if we don't want to call it sin. But giving over control, that's a little too far. God just fix my life and let me go on with my business. No, he says, repent. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Repentance is the fruit of faith, right? It's trusting what God says about me, who I am. It's releasing my sinfulness to Him, to His payment for my sin. Faith is not the same as belief. Faith is belief in action. It's trust. It's reliance. Changing from relying on myself to relying on Jesus. Listen, what we see in the world today, the brokenness we see in the world today, the conflict, The pain, the suffering, the hurt is 100% the result of relying on ourselves. We've taken good gifts from God and decided to trust in ourselves. Repentance is surrender. And this is the message of hope to the world God has come. God has brought, uh, Jesus has come. He has died for our sins, He's paid the price for that sin. He's risen from the grave and he's given us his presence. Too often we make it a little bit too confusing or we send mixed signals to the world as Christians and as the church. And this is, he's talking to the church here. He's sending out the church. We make the gospel kind of confusing or not the gospel at all. We leave out repentance. People know they are broken. I have a good friend who, uh, he is, he's since become a christian but at one time he was lost and he just started kind of sensed the holy spirit he sensed something in his heart telling him he needed god and he started going to churches he said he went to a church in this neighborhood and he walked in and he said the whole thing was just trying to make me feel comfortable i could just tell they're like hey yeah you're good whatever you're good we're good everybody's good and he said inside i was broken i said i'm not good i'm not okay The world is desperate to hear the truth. Jesus is the truth. The gospel is the truth. It's the power unto salvation, not cleverness or soft-selling the message. It's repent. Put your faith in Jesus to change everything in your life, to change who you are. And if that's not enough for you, then that's between you and God. And you will swing out into eternity on that trusting in that. And he says, "Repent and be baptized." Now, he's not talking oh, he's not talking about salvation here. He's not talking about being baptized to to be a Christian, to be saved. We see that demonstrated on the cross, right? The thief on the cross. He didn't have to get down and get baptized or anything else. However, it is a natural response of faith in Jesus. It is a natural response of surrender and identifying with Christ. Jesus said, to the disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. He included that in there. Jesus himself was baptized by John the Baptist. It's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection that we are identifying with Jesus in that. doesn't save me, but it's the first step. It's the first act of obedience many times after you receive Christ as your Savior. And that's what Peter is saying. He's saying, repent, yes, accept by faith, and then follow Jesus. That's what Jesus said all the time. Follow me. It wasn't just about, yeah, I believe. He said, come, follow me. Put me first. Be obedient. Identify as a disciple of Christ. The Jews were hesitant to do this. and baptism, it was a big deal. It was a bold statement in that culture. And just a side note, we don't see anywhere in the Bible infant baptism. I have some good friends that have struggled because they grew up Catholic or a different faith. And they said, well, I was already baptized. You know, they have received Christ, but I was already, already t- that was already taken care of. That's not something that gets taken care of on us. It's an act of obedience. It's an act of faith. It's a statement of faith. It's a, it's a I'm identifying with Christ. That can't happen to me. It's a step of obedience. So... It's to identify with Christ and to follow him in full. So Peter says, this is what's happened. This is what happens now. And here's what happens next. Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This happens to a Christian. We receive the Holy Spirit as a gift from God upon conversion. This is what they were perplexed about when they saw this demonstration. And this was the pinnacle of the gospel going forth into the world through the church, empowering them with the Holy Spirit. What happened at Pentecost was we, we see the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit residing within man, possessing us. Jesus promised him he came. This is a gift. And the beautiful promise is that this is the constant presence of Jesus in your life. The Holy Spirit is with you. He is speaking to you this morning. It's his presence and it's also power to follow him. Praise God. I am not strong enough. I am not good enough to hold on to Jesus. Praise God through His Holy Spirit. He holds on to me and He grows me. He's speaking to me. It's also a power to be a witness for Jesus Christ. When we repent and follow Jesus, we are given the Holy Spirit. You, if you've come to faith earnestly in Christ, you have been given the Holy Spirit. He is residing within you. And so I release my control over my life And now my life is about being sensitive to and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life speaking to me through the Word, through prayer, through others. Not my priorities or dreams anymore. I walk in this relationship with Christ through His Spirit, communicating and growing. This is this relationship. And the Holy Spirit is constantly pointing to Jesus, pointing my heart to Christ My standing in Jesus and pointing others through my life. You know, I talk about 1 Peter 3.15 a lot. He says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's within you. He's describing a process of the Holy Spirit working in my life and through my life to other people. People coming to you, Josh, and saying, what is the deal with you, man? Why are you always smiling? Why, why do you have hope? I mean, you just went through this struggle. You just went through this difficult time. Why do you have this hope, this peace? Oh, that's the Holy Spirit residing in us and working through us. The Holy Spirit draws. The Holy Spirit cheers me on and He works through me to draw others to Himself. The Holy Spirit worked through someone to draw me to Himself that I would have hope, that I would have Salvation. It says in verse 37 Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in their hearts. As they heard the message, it wasn't that it was so logical or that Peter was just such a great speaker. I mean, he's this fisherman. It's the Holy Spirit grabbed them, gripped their hearts. And so, for you and I, one of the biggest challenges for us as Christians if you're here as a, as, a, as a Christian, is to not prevent the Holy Spirit from moving through my life. To stay in a posture, posture of sensitivity, hearing the Holy Spirit speak. When I'm at work, asking the Holy Spirit, what, what is it you would do through my life? Who have you brought into my life that you want to touch and speak to? What, what is happening in the world through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, through the eyes of God's Word, it's a relationship. And so my calling is to not prevent that, to make space in my life. And I, I, I challenge you, I encourage you this morning, make space in your life to hear. We get so busy, especially in this city. We get so busy. busy. There's so many things calling for our attention, for our time, for our allegiance, for our affection. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit holds out His arms. He's, He's whispering, still small voice in your heart, sit, rest. Wait on me, listen to me, seek me. And so we come to Christ and we, we transfer our reliance from ourselves to Jesus. But Christian, it's a daily reliance. It's not, a, it's not about getting a, you know a, a saved card and put it in my pocket. It's about daily reliance on Christ working through me and that's the gift of His Spirit in me speaking to me and working through me, to bring peace, to bring, Purpose. I remember when I trusted Christ with my life and began to lay out my life before Him. Tony and I, at some point early in our marriage, we were headed for destruction and we we felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We felt God speaking. We surrendered our lives to Him. And He slowly began to untangle what we had made a mess. That His Spirit patiently speaking and leading My only thoughts before the Holy Spirit was in my life was what's the next job I'm going to get? How much money do I have in the bank? He has a bigger purpose, the Holy Spirit, in your life. He didn't just come on Pentecost to make a scene. That's not why He came. He came to bring power to live within you and within me and to work through us to the world. And listen, since this is the birth of the church in this chapter Do you know that it's possible for the church to operate without the power of the Holy Spirit working? We get things done. We can get things done. We can keep the lights on. We can keep the calendar full of programs and events. But will we prioritize being in the Word of God, seeking the Holy Spirit speaking to us, spending time in prayer, equipping one another to walk in the Spirit? To see the world is lost around us and allow the Spirit to move through us. The the church, too often we get about so many other things. Revelation 3.20 is a familiar verse. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is speaking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. That wasn't written to the lost world. That was written to the church of Laodicea. That was talking to the church. Jesus is on the porch knocking. He's at the front door knocking. So how do we respond to this? Well, first, we receive the message. If you're here this morning and never received the message of Christ, it's good news. Jesus came. God saw us in our brokenness, our sinfulness, our rebellion, and he did something about it. He sent Jesus, who lived, died, rose again, and sent his spirit. If we'll receive that, if you will accept that. Repent. Agree with God. When he brings conviction, respond by faith. Relinquish control of your life. Relinquish control of trying to be good enough, right? Christian, relinquish control. You may need to repent this morning on being in control. Living according to my own immediate fleshly desires, making my own plans, setting my own goals without considering the will of God for me. Maybe you need to repent of carrying your own burdens this morning. Jesus came to, to give us freedom. and then finally respond according to the Holy Spirit. There's two ways to live your life in obedience to the Holy Spirit with God in control or in control myself. Don't leave Jesus at the front door of your life. His plans are greater for you than anything you can plan or figure out for yourself. Walking with Him and His spirit is true freedom. It's true joy. And the world is desperate to see it. Desperate to see it demonstrated in our lives, the people that we're around every day. Hope and peace and joy only Christ brings and He has chosen to work through His Spirit through you and through me. The rest of chapter 2, we're going to see what it means being the church of jesus christ the rest of this next week actually in two weeks what it looks like to belong to him and follow him together as a community not as an institution or an organization but the living breathing growing body of christ under control and empowered by the holy spirit right listen don't take the bait right now there's so much going on in the world don't take the bait of clicks and likes and debates keep Jesus at the forefront of your life and at the forefront of the message of hope that you have. He alone makes a difference. He alone brings true peace, true joy. The headlines do not affect the message of Christ. The truth is the same yesterday, last week, and the week before, and the weeks to come. Jesus Christ changes everything. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you, Lord, that we see in Acts chapter 2, you supernaturally coming towards us, coming to us dwelling with us, indwelling each of us. Lord, you've given us your spirit as a guide, as an encouragement. You've given us your spirit for power to be bold with the message of Christ, Lord God. So, Lord, may we hold tightly to the gospel. May we can constantly recenter our lives on Christ and not the things of this world. Because the things of this world will rise and fall, they will come and go, but Christ stands forever. Our relationship with you is everything. God, may we live in such a way and may we communicate that to the world around us, to our friends and neighbors. May we be in a constant conversation, Holy Spirit, with you, asking you to move and work. And I ask you this morning, move and work in all of us Draw us closer to Jesus, strengthen our faith, and empower us to see with the eyes of Christ the world around us, and give us the opportunities to share the hope and the peace that we have. And Lord, this morning we also come with heavy hearts. God, there are those that are grieving around the world this morning. We grieve with them. Your word tells us to grieve with those who are grieving. There are those this morning who are separated from families, those who are uncertain of their safety or in fear of their lives, for their lives. Lord, you see and you hear those this morning who have had their children and parents and loved ones kidnapped, killed. God, we live in a world of brokenness and suffering. And today, this day in Israel and in Gaza and in New York City, And on the Upper West Side, we see it on full display. More and more death and destruction and brokenness. We know there is no victory in this conflict on our own. We know that there will be no peace. There is no peace. There is no plan that will produce peace. There is no war that will achieve peace. There's no hope for peace today or tomorrow apart from you. Apart from your provision for peace in this fallen world and in our broken hearts, you have provided peace with God, peace with one another, peace that passes understanding and that is eternal. And so we approach your throne of grace this morning with broken hearts but with confidence, looking to you for mercy and for grace to help in this time of need, Lord God. We echo David in the Psalms that some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord, our God, because it is you, O Lord, who makes wars to cease. It is you, O God, who breaks the bow and shatters the spear. It is you, O God, who says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth so, Lord, we come, we ask, we cry out to you alone. Have mercy. Bring healing. Bring comfort. Restoration. Be exalted, oh God. Reunite. Restore. Draw. Pierce the darkness, God, of every heart. Shine your light. In the power of your Holy Spirit, call those who know you and you have called us to go, to share, to shine your light in the darkness that's all around us in men's hearts and minds. There is no peace apart from Jesus. May we be faithful in taking Him to a broken and desperate world. In His name we pray.